Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Ace. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Ace and Kate will break it down for you now. Guess what, Betsy? Uh, what? It is August. And you know what that means? It means three things. Number one, my birthday is coming up. Oh, shoot. You've got a birthday coming up. I do. Oh, crap. Okay. Yes. Uh, I totally remembered that. (laughs) Number two, uh, mosquito bites will wake me up multiple times throughout the night. Where are you getting mosquito bites? You don't um, leave your house. They're they're all on one foot. Wait, how? Where I did you go? Oh wait, one you... on my ankle and two on the top. Are these from Apple Holler? No, no, they are from my backyard, Betsy. They're from your backyard. They are. And uh. then uh, the third thing about August, our our country is annually divided by this one question every year: Is it lightning bugs or fireflies? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's fireflies. You would think. Right. But it depends on what part of the country you're from. You mean the right part of the country versus the wrong part of the country? Actually, I think I call them lightning bugs. I don't call them fireflies. Fireflies is like a West Coast thing. Okay, honestly, this is very much the soda bop question because I can call it both and I don't really skiv too you, much. Did you say soda bop? Soda pop. <laughs> I heard uh. soda bop. Soda bop. So... Bop, bop, I was thinking, soda bop, soda bop, bop soda pop, bop, oh, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> oh, I didn't even do uh, it right. Oh. <laughs> anyway. There we go. That got that time. So yes, welcome to August. Welcome to August and welcome to Fuse, Hate, and Kate, our podcast in which we discuss the finest of children's literature and the worst of children's literature. So I have a book for you this week. Good. Yeah. I mean, I know that's a little change of pace. I don't know. I want to throw a little, like, you know, (laughs) wrench into the works here. But uh, yeah, I have a book for you. And I'm kind of excited about it because it's one that I had vaguely thought of doing before. And then it was mentioned in a very prominent uh, article recently. And because of that, I have decided we should do it this week. I'm very excited. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Sure. I'm not a part of this. Uh, I haven't heard of any of these. Okay, it's a fair bet. Three days on a river in a red canoe. Three days on a river in a red canoe. And who's by? Vera B. Williams. Vera B. Williams! We have done one Vera B. Williams book before. A Chair for My Mother. Uh, that's, that was her previous book that we've done on the show. And this is the other one. It's three days on a river in a red canoe. That seems like a good August book. I thought so, right? I'm pretty sure there are no mosquitoes mentioned in this book, but you're going to have to see if that statement is true. (laughs) Okay. Go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a little talk about Vera B. Williams. Yes, Vera B. Williams. Well, well, first of all, first and foremost... This book was featured on Reading Rainbow. Some of you may have heard the title and been like, oh, why does that sound so vaguely familiar? And if you grew up watching Reading Rainbow, like I did, then you may recall episode nine in season one, uh, because it originally aired in July 
1983. I was there. And yes, they did do Three Days on a River in a Red Canoe. Now, sometimes these things are available on YouTube. Sometimes they're not. If it is available, I will link to it in the show notes. Have no fear. But the thing about Vera B. Williams was she was an ardent anti-war protester. That's the only way to put it. In 1981, she spent a month in the Alderson Federal Prison Camp following an arrest at a women's peaceful blockade of the Pentagon. Uh, She served on the executive committee of the War Resisters League from 1984 to 1987. I didn't know any of this when I knew her, and I did know her, because we were both members of Penn when I lived in New York City. I just knew she was a pretty cool lady, and turns out, she was. Who knew? Canoe! Canoe! Hello, canoe! I got it. To you! Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Adieu. <laughs> Talu, lalu, lalu. Talu, lalu, lalu, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about this book where people take a canoe. Yeah, it sucks, Betsy. This book sucks. What? This is an What? Off- You're going to feel so embarrassed when I read my reason why I chose it. So be warned. I don't like it. Okay. Well, tell, tell me more. Well, right away, I don't like the illustrations. I get that oh, this... Oh, I see. I get that this book is supposed to look like it's a journal made by a kid. Yeah. It's got... Like, you know, like sketchbook type. Right, like bar, kid yeah. drawings. It's written by a kid. Yeah. I don't like it. All right. Wait, what? Because <laughs> the... It, like, so these... the This kid and his mom and his aunt and his cousin... And I'm almost quoting that word for word because it's and, 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 and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how kids talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they find this canoe. Uh, they just find it say, on the side of the road. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It was at. Uh, there was a sign that said "For sale, ask at house." Oh, cool. And so they got this canoe. Woohoo! Cheap canoe. And uh, and the mom and the aunt apparently had been canoeing a lot before, and so they decided we're gonna do it with our kids. Mm-hmm. And they had this map. That they had drawn out previously, like, different canoeing trips that they had done. Aww. And even one, one part of the map does say mosquitoes. <laughs> bad, well, bad in June. So they know, Okay, like, so they know to avoid the sea. As someone who has several bites on her own feet, I would think you'd be sympathetic. Here's a quick question. Sure. So the mom and the aunt had done these canoe trips, and it says, the text says... The canoe trips they had taken before Sam and I was even born were marked in colors. Was even born or were even born? Before Sam and I. The canoe trips they had taken before Sam and I. I mean, I would say were. were. I do feel like this is a debate that we're walking into. I feel like I've heard people debate it both ways. I would agree with you 100% on were. were even but I yeah. do feel I've heard people defend it the other way as well. Well, they're wrong. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. Uh, so, right. So they pack up their stuff, all the food and, uh, and all their belongings. And that's a cool picture, by the way, of all the stuff. It outlines, it's so it's like an illustration of the outline of backpacks and the outline of bags of flour and the outline of shoes. And then they're on their way, um, you know, to the river. The little car, the so little car driving. I do like this page. There's like a border on the top and the bottom where it's like the it's their yellow car, five different angles of it yeah. with the canoe tied on top. And it says, we drove and 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 drove. <laughs> 
But what's interesting is that the top and the bottom are the exact same. They're like mirror. Oh, interesting. They're the same illustration. They're the same picture. It's just that the top is lighter than the bottom. Interesting. Except for one. Except for one. (laughs) Which which apparently was like drawn over to make it thicker. Interesting. But why would that? Why would they take the same illustration and just copy it? Onto the bottom. That's a printing question, and I don't know the answer. Why not just... We'll need to find the editor. So they get to where they're going to start, like, the kid's first camp trip. Mm-hmm. And it says, we hurried inside before it got too dark, and the mosquitoes took too many bites out of us. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, mosquitoes seems to be a prominent theme today. Yep. That's... Well, <laughs> With, it's that time of year. Without so, even trying. Yeah, there's a bunch in my backyard, and uh, I don't want to get near them. But... So, like, the next morning, they, they wake up, and the illustrations are so, like, light and fuzzy, and you can barely see them. That's interesting. They're almost faded. Is it because it's foggy? Well, it's misting. Ah, that's why. It was done on purpose. But they're they're light to begin with, but, <laughs> except when you turn the page, and then it's color chaos. Ooh. Just, like, all over the pages, except uh, there's issues. Okay. Okay, the first issue is... So there was definitely okay. a printing issue that they didn't take the whole image because it cuts off the words. It cuts off the text. I'm looking to see if this was pre-bound in some way and would have cut it, but this looks like an original. Okay, this is a first edition because, of course, it is. It's my library. We don't get rid of anything. Um that's really weird. It does look indeed like the print got cut off on the original edition of the book. So we're missing something. Okay. And then like so there's there's the it's a two-page spread huh. of showing this river. It's their first morning on the river and the different things that they do along the river like um paddling and starting the first fire. And here it says we eat lunch on top of this cliff. It's an apartment house for swallows. Oh, an apartment house? Yeah, an apartment house. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Vera B. Williams was a long-term New York City resident. It okay. is entirely possible that's an outdated term for an apartment I building. Have, I, I've never heard apartment I've never heard house. it before, but I am Pick willing... One. Apartment or house? I'm willing to believe <laughs> it is an old term, like from the 40s or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's my theory. All that's right. my working theory. So... If any of you know what an apartment house is, please write <laughs> us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. So they're going down the river... Um, and there's this waterfall coming up, and so they have to lower the canoe, um, you know, onto mm-hmm. the rocks below. Um, and their shower is the waterfall. So I didn't think I'd see a naked body in oh, the book. Oh, hey! But there's a naked there's body. There's a naked body. Well, I, I always okay. You come to an interesting spread where the pages are split into like panels. Yeah, the quarters. S- separating, separated by what looks like rope. One panel shows how to do two two half hitches. Oh, cool. Another panel has instructions for how to make dumplings. And the last panel is how to make fruit stew. I do like the PS on the last panel says, don't burn your tongues. We burned ours, which is cute. <laughs> so the kids put up the tent for mm-hmm. the night. And they're all sleeping in the tent. But when you turn the page, it says, Sam, who is the main character's cousin... Um, isn't much of a weather predictor, but the rain didn't bother us. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Is it 
Sam's job, was that, was that Sam's job? Is he, to like control the weather <laughs> or did Sam early on say something like I can tell whenever it's gonna rain and like this comes Sam out of nowhere why would you say that that's some kind of a random accusation Sam's, Sam's to be pointing at poor Sam there yeah, he can't predict the rain, the rain worth of crap, but that's okay. We it's managed. Okay. Yeah, somehow, in spite of <laughs> Sam's incompetence. I'm like, well, that was really rude, but okay. So they're back, they go back in the canoe, and they're canoeing through the rain, and then they the rain goes away, and then uh, there's a bunch of fish, and so they decide to go fishing. And around the illustration is a bunch of illustrations with labels of the Ooh. different types of fish. They look yummy. So I guess if you like fish, this is the book for you. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a... Fish galore. There's a illustration of a scale carp mm. and a common white sucker mm. and a yellow perch. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Yum. So so there's so they're still, you know, going down this river. That's that's By the, the way, point of the whole thing. Yeah, it'd be it. weird if they were floating over. And it, so, uh, yeah. and they come across this part where the grass is growing really high, so they're able to canoe through the grass. And there's this illustration of a moose and its calf. And I, I, is this the kid drawing or is this the illustrator drawing? A little from column A, a little from column B. Because okay, look, I can't illustrate at all. I right. can't draw. Right. But I have a feeling I could maybe do a little better than this calf. That is this is this supposed to look like it's been done by a kid? Super unclear. It is super unclear. Don't... I cannot tell you the answer to that question because I do not know. Okay, so they get to their childlike. Let's say that. Okay, fine. So they get to their last place where they're going to spend their third night. Um, the stars are coming out. And then it says, there isn't one mosquito because of the breeze. It must be a really stiff breeze. (laughs) (laughs) Like like a hurricane level. Because I know mosquitoes, and even if you have a bit of a wind going on, they make do. I'm like, when has a breeze ever stopped a mosquito? No, a gentle breeze. I mean, this this must be quite the breeze. Well, then later... The breeze turns into a wild wind. Okay, so, so maybe so the mosquitoes maybe, yeah. knew that a storm yeah, was coming. Yeah, that's true. Don't they say that insects and birds like can tell when storms are coming? Birds, but can they, mosquitoes? They fly, they fly low. Isn't that supposed to be the indication because ah. of the heavy air pressure? I'm literally making stuff up. I, I have great. no idea. It sure, sounds does. great. <laughs> Science with the English majors. So, uh, so now they're caught in this storm, and the canoe might fly away, but it doesn't, and they're still <laughs> still alive. The most exciting <laughs> recap I've literally ever heard of a hurricane. The book keeps going. So now the next morning, because it doesn't end, oh. uh, now there's illustrations of birds, like a great blue heron. And whistling swan and Canada goose. You gotta Hey, you gotta love Canada goose. I you know, under no circumstances do I love Canadian geese. They're the worst. The worst. You need to watch Letter Kenny. They have a whole episode about how great (sighs) Canada gooses are. Canadian geese are the worst. They're literally the worst. (laughs) Anyway, but what freaks me out about this page is that there's about two dozen cows staring at them. (laughs) Which is the, this is not what cows would do. I don't know, man. No, they would eat grass. Well, yeah, yeah, they eat grass. They would not stare at four people going down a river. (laughs) Wait, let me see this picture. I'm sorry. Six people because there's two people in a separate canoe. 
that are next to Maybe them. Maybe the cows were coming down to drink, and this is that instant before their heads go down. It just happened to capture that moment. All 24 cows sure, decided to get... Sure, they're very organized cows, Kate. <laughs> they have a system. They get to this town, and Sam, the weather predictor, mm. uh, gets really excited. <laughs> Poor Sam. And he, and he stands up. For Sam. And his... And Sam's aunt, mm. the narrator's mom, says, sit down. And uh, the, the Aunt Rosie and mom are trying to brace the canoe, but Sam goes over the edge and he goes into the water. But he's wearing a life jacket, so he's fine. He's fine. Um, but they, like, get him to shore. It says, mom doesn't say much, but she looks upset. Aunt <laughs> Rosie looks scared. I'm like, okay, what drama is happening wow. between mom and Aunt yeah. Rosie right now? There's seriously something going on that the kids have no clue about, exactly. but they are picking up on the vibes of... Like, oh, oh I want to know the, the backstory. What are the deets? Of, I mean, well, did... I have a theory as to what the deets are, but we'll get to that. Okay. In a bit here. Okay. So <laughs> we're not done yet, folks. Sorry. Uh, and then they get to the river that uh, eventually ends. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is riveting, riveting radio, folks. <laughs> I know you're on the edge of your seat oh, with this, this one. Is so Will boring. they make it to the end of the journey? <laughs> so they get to, uh, they take the canoe out onto the bank. This is what I find very hard to believe. It says, And Aunt Rosie is going to talk with other campers and find a lift back to our car, Ladybug, so we can get home tonight. So they're going to find whoa, strangers whoa, but they've got, to take Don't they have like a lot of, of them. stuff them. with them? Yeah, they're going to find strangers to take four people, all of their stuff, and their canoe to drive back to wherever they left their car. Which Me could th- be many, many, many miles away at this point. Me thinks Aunt Rosie is a hippie. Because <laughs> uh, this sounds like a not this, well thought out plan. There was n- no... How did they think they were going to get back to the car? I get that they don't have lifts at this point in history. But still, people, still, you have to have something set up at the end of the journey. Maybe they thought they could go back up the river because it says... Mom says canoeing back up the river against the current would be very, very hard. Very hard, yeah. Even if we had time. So maybe that's what they were thinking. But if they've canoed this many times where they have maps and they've color-coded trails, like... You know what? They've they done it without know. kids before, so I suspect they've always been able to find a way because it was just two they've, women they've with, always like, backpacks. Hitchhiked. And now they've got... Yeah, they've always hitchhiked because this is, like, uh, what year is this? This is the year 1981, and now they're actually... They have kids with them, and they kind of forgot they couldn't just like backpack back with. But wait, what happens? Um, they get home. Uh, wait, they just get home. We don't even hear who, who it, picked it, them up. It says way past midnight. We turn onto our own street. So somehow they got back okay, to their car. Somehow they got back and uh, oh, took a and bus. They, and they took. They gave the fish to the cat. At the end. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me give you a little context for why I selected this book. All right. So there was a New York. Okay, I am aware. I should. I should preface this. I'm aware that the New Yorker is currently in a bit of hot soup uh, over a recent firing of Aaron Overby, an archive editor. Okay, so prior to this whole firing happening, the New Yorker put out a very good article called What Should a Queer Children's Book Do? In which they talked to a slew of very good people. They talked to Kyle Lukoff, and they talked about Uncle Bobby's wedding, which is actually how we heard about this because a friend of the show, Sarah Brennan, had alerted me to that fact. And they talked to Justin Richardson, who made Entanko Makes Three. They talked to really good people. 
And they talked to K.T. Horning, who was lately the director of the Cooperative Children's Book Center of the School of Education at the University of the Wisconsin-Madison. And as ever, she had some very pertinent things to say on the matter. And in the course of the talk, okay, she mentions this fact, and I quote, At the time, Horning was working at a public library in Madison. We did also have lesbian moms and gay dads who were not fans of the Allison books, she said. They felt that they were just too didactic. So we came up with a list of books that didn't really have gay families, but they did have queer subtext. These included the Frog and Toad books, written and illustrated by Arnold Lobel, and Three Days on a River in a Red Canoe, written and illustrated by Vera B. Williams. That was the hands-down favorite of lesbian families at our library, because they felt it reflected what their family life was actually like, Horning said, of Red Canoe. And I will link to this article in the show notes, have no fear. Um, so, as you were like reciting the book to me, I was seeing it through the lens of, what if this aunt is not actually an aunt? What if it is, in fact, the partner of the mom, but they don't live together, and they've been doing this for years, and now they're doing this trip together, and maybe they're hoping to, like, take their relationship to another level and, like, move in together, and so they're trying to get their kids to like one another, but then, like, that boy falls into the water, and, like, they're kind of worried that maybe, like, he'll blame one or the other of them for it, so that, that was my interpretation interesting it's an interpretation and i'm not going to say it was the creator's interpretation in the way any way shape or form because this does it could just as well just be a woman and her sister doing it so who's to say okay okay that that was the reason that i chose it because i literally we've done i have no idea by the way i read through this article to try to figure out what these allison books were that they were referring to i have no idea and we've done a fair amount of classic queer children's picture books from history uh and i figured we should at least touch on this one as a potential subtext book if nothing else okay okay ratings time okay so okay as i mentioned before i get that this is supposed to be like a kid's journal of their three-day canoeing adventure but I hated the illustrations. I, sure. ha- I hated the way the kid talked. Ah. And I hated the length of the book. It was way too long. It, was, it is, you know what, even from Reading Rainbow, I remember it as being shockingly long. And I think Reading Rainbow cuts out some stuff. As well they should. I think they have to, right? Yeah. And and somehow they get back to the car, <laughs> which makes no sense. Off screen. And there's no explanation as to why the two women were secretly fighting. So I, ah, I you heard my theory, but yes. But they, if, I, if they're sisters, you know. Oh, just as likely. Just right. as likely. There could be something going on. So I gave it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, and then the fact of the matter is that I gave it a 4. Um, I, I agree with you. And the whole reason I give it a 4 is not because I dislike the story. I think it's a good, it, honestly, we have very few camping picture books. There's been more lately, which is good. Uh, you could not publish this book today at this length. Any editor you handed it to would be like, yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to chop out. There's a lot of this. It comes right out. Just comes right out. So 
I am a strong four. If it's going to be this long, at least have it be interesting. <laughs> right. And there's also that. There's not a lot of drama aside from the kid falling into the water with And there's a, a storm, and, but they get their stuff. The end. Right. And they might <laughs> potentially get wet at some point. Thanks, I don't know. Sam. Maybe there's drama <laughs> over the 24 cows staring at them. I, I mean, don't know. It could be, or there could be drama between the two women. I mean, right? obviously something's going on. We'll never know what it is because the child doesn't. And so. with our scores combined, then it is not a classic. Sadly, not a classic. Yeah. So I do, I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans, fans of the book. It's you it's are not welcome a classic, to fight us. That's all right. I, uh, I was Mike's library had something like four copies on the shelf, so clearly it goes out uh, with 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 folks. So there you go. Letters time. Hmm. All right. So uh, I just need to make something clear before I read uh, the following. Everyone, to my mind, needs one ridiculous thing to complain about, which does no harm and makes you sound like a grumpy old man telling the kids to get off his lawn. And for me, that's incorrect needle placement of knitting Uh in picture books. I am aware that it is ridiculous to be upset about this. It is ridiculous. There is, it caught, I mean, seriously, in the pantheon of things to get upset about, this doesn't make any sense, which is why I do it. I do it because it is ridiculous and I enjoy it very much and it does no harm. That said... Uh, Paul Zielinski, Caldecott award-winning Paul Zielinski wrote in when it pointed out that in Robert the Rose Horse, the mom is knitting with her hooves, but that was not the part that disturbed me. It was the fact that knitting needles were not in the correct position. Uh, And so Paul said, I need to put more correct knitters in my illustrations to counter this insidious deception. And then later he wrote, I also have to point out, that the climbing rose starts out by twisting counterclockwise around the porch <laughs> column and ends up twisting clockwise. <laughs> the first direction is botanically incorrect. Also, are there any bonnets with straps that tie behind <laughs> the ears? Really? To which I responded, Paul, you put a mechanically correct spinning wheel in your Rumpelstiltskin so if you were going to do knitting in a book, you would do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. He's the last person he's I'd be concerned about. <laughs> he's literally the last person to make fun of me for this <laughs> because he put bobbins on his okay. spinning wheel. All right, Betsy. Full. Okay, anyway. Okay, you're, you're good. I'm just, just saying. Take a deep breath. I'm just saying. In through the nose, out through the mouth. <sighs> there you go. Okay, we're cool now. <laughs> we're cool. We're cool. We brought up things we like. So I just got... Uh, turned on to a new TV show on HBO Max. It's called The Rehearsal. Have you ever heard of it? I don't think so. Tell me more. Uh, It's created by this guy named Nathan Fielder. He helps these just ordinary people rehearse difficult conversations or life events through the use of sets and actors hired to recreate real situations. (sighs) My nightmare. (laughs) It's, you would think, but he takes... So the first episode was about helping a man tell his friend that he's been lying about having a master's degree. He's going to tell his friend in a bar. Okay, well, the main, the creator of the show recreates the entire bar to nice. a T. And then they... And then they he, don't just rent out a bar. He makes he a bar. He recreates the bar. All right. And so they rehearse. And then they find an actor who pretends to be his friend. 
um, who actually had met the friend secretly. So she got to understand like the, the mannerisms, the way that this oh, person wow. talks. And they rehearse it multiple times with multiple different scenarios. Okay, what if she reacts positively? What if she reacts negatively? What if she's violent? What if she's laughing? What if? What are you going to say to this point? What are you going to do if you put your hand here? What are you, are you going to get the pizza? You know, before the conversation or after the conversation? It's it's ridiculous. They rehearse it hundreds and hundreds of times, so every single scenario has already been played out. Wow. The second, do they then record him actually yes. doing it with the actual person? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yep. Um, and at one point in the show, the creator of the show says, quote, maybe it's easiest to choose a path when you've lived the future first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's yeah, very, that's nice. it's incredibly interesting. So if you have HBO Max, they are coming out with new episodes uh, every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. So yeah, go check out the rehearsal. It's very interesting. That sounds very fun. That sounds like a... Something that sociologists are, would just find absolutely fascinating. I think people on the spectrum would mm-hmm. find it very helpful, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's, go. a good, that's a good suggestion. Uh, mine's actually a re-release. This is an adult graphic novel. Came out 10 years ago. So the 10th anniversary edition has just been released. And it's by Mark Siegel. Mark Siegel, actually, in the children's book world, is probably best known for starting the first second imprint, which is an amazing graphic novel imprint. It's gone on to make all sorts of wonderful books but he's also a graphic novelist himself and he created a a comic strip i guess it was online first and then it was collected called sailor twain and it's about the mermaid of the hudson who gets wounded and a sailor rescues her and it's a mystery and there's a french uh, aristocrat who she she hates and uh it's a romance and it's it's beautifully illustrated it's got sort of a charcoal-y kind of like look to it it's it's just a big thick beautiful graphic novel and if you just want to read one of those this is the one to read it's it's beautiful it's gentle uh and it's just a lot of fun it's got a new 10th anniversary so go on out and read that thing cool and i went from I went from canoes to mermaids. You, I covered the gamut. And I went from mosquitoes to mosquitoes later. You did. You went to <laughs> more mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, that's appropriate. So in a way, I did find a perfect summer picture book. Yeah. Well, it's still summer, Betsy. It's so still summer. Exactly. So I'm gotta... feeling kind of good because usually when I pull these things out, it's the dead wrongest wrong <laughs> time of year. And I've, got, I've been sitting on a... On a Halloween one for quite some time that I'm looking forward to do. I'm excited. Uh, me too. I know. Let's been, do every week. Let's just do Halloween books from here on out. Okay. We're not going to do that. <laughs> and until we don't do that at all, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse, number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our canoe Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.